Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. listening to the Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Check out my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com. And to get the books, go to sarcasticbitbook.com. And as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day's just getting started or it's just winding down. Or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me, I'm glad for that. Very grateful I have no desire to drink today. Woke up and had no desire to drink. I don't dwell on that all day. I don't focus on it. I don't... Concentrate on that. That's just something I notice and I'm grateful for. Because if you understand what is in the big book, then you know that just because you don't have a desire to drink today doesn't mean it cannot return tomorrow. It is contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. Whether or not the desire to drink returns will be dependent Upon that, how spiritually fit am I? If I'm spiritually fit enough, the desire to drink will not return today. Can't I can't go to too many pains to understand these things. It's the most important thing for me to understand because everything follows this. Maybe you're somebody who is like, yeah, I get it. I don't know why you talk about this over and over again. But frankly, I talk to people every week about this who don't get this at all. I mean, every week, at least two people say to me, well, but that's not a problem for me anymore. It's, I don't even, I'm not even going to, it's like taking credit for that somehow. 
And um, I don't see it that way. Tapped a source of power much greater than myself, and I just have to stay unblocked from that power. A byproduct of that will be a position of neutrality concerning drinking. It is amazing. I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's. Mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. Is delicious. So today I'm going to read an email. I'm going to talk about it. This letter comes from Catwoman in Dallas, Texas. First off, I just want to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I'm so grateful for your wisdom. It's helped me so much in my recovery journey. Anyways, I listened to the episode about making amends today, and it really resonated with me. A little over two years sober, and the amends process is probably the weakest point in my recovery. I have only made about two full amends in all the time I've been sober, and I definitely have more than I need to do, but I feel very stuck. I'm curious to know, when you were doing your Step 8 and Step 9 amends, you wrote each of them out and reviewed them with your sponsor beforehand? Writing is not a strong suit of mine, and I feel it has been an obstacle for me in getting these amends done. Any insight would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. So, first and foremost, I'm so grateful when I get emails like this. It means a lot. So first, let's look at what the big book says about your question. Page 76. Third paragraph, right after step seven. Now we need more action without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list, a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we were willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. That's in step four and five. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which is accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and to run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. That's all the big book says about step eight. We already have a list, and we made it when we took inventory. Go to page 70. Last Full paragraph, last sentence. This is after step four. This is at the end of step four, actually. 
We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. So that was how I did it. I had a list and that's it. I had a list. I had just done my inventory. I had just read my inventory. And that was it. There was no more writing involved. It was just a list for me. My sponsor and I went right out of the big book. There was no scripts. There was no rehearsing, memorizing, planning what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. What was drilled into me were the principles. And the principles solved the details. So the principles were very simple. It's not about me. They are owed and amends. Go in a helpful and forgiving spirit. They're going to be most moved by a sincere desire to set right a wrong. I mean, that's simple. It's pretty small, but it's very powerful and significant. Their thought or their defects are not discussed. We use tact and common sense. We're not servile or scraping. Meaning we're not like crawling before people saying, you know, please forgive me. What can I do? What can I do? Never says in the big book to ask them what we can do. It says we are to strengthen our connection with a higher power. We've just gotten unblocked. So we're just trust our own intuition and listen for that. My experience with watching people do it other ways is that they are usually in similar spots in some way to the spot described in the email. They haven't made a lot of amends. Most people that I know have not made a lot of amends. And I think a lot of people would agree that that's a weak part of their program that I have talked to. Um, if I spend too much time on this, a couple things happen. If I spend too much time on working out the details of an amends, there's two things that I notice happen. First and foremost, it takes me away from the plot. It becomes selfish pretty easily. 
Remember, it says it's another principle. It says on page 77, I think. Don't quote me on that. Calm down. Don't yell at me. I'm checking. First sentence, second, second sentence on page 77. At the moment, we're trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be a maximum service to God and the people about us. So what would be a maximum service to God and the people about me? Would it be for me to spend months trying to arrange the perfect amends, the perfect thing to say, the perfect time and place, or am I just starting to play God again? Is this just me trying to control? So I went to my sponsor. I showed him the list of people that I had to make amends to. There was a big one on there I wanted to get out of the way right away. It was a financial amends. I didn't have money. We went right out of the book. I was single at the time. Wouldn't have affected anybody. Nobody was dependent on me for anything. So it was between me and this place and God. So I went to this place, faced them, and told them I'd make the best arrangement I could, told them I was slow to pay. And I've shared about it on here. They didn't accept the money and they offered me a job, but... I went in there with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. I did this with um, people I hooked up with. I did this with exes. I did this with people in my family. I did this with employers. I did this with stores. I did this with restaurants. I did this with teachers. And it changed my life. It changed my life. And, you know, there's nothing in the big book about any writing in step eight or nine. It's just not there. And there's nothing in there about like having somebody else tell you what amends you're going to make and how you're going to make them. Just say that we, you know, counsel with other people, talks about earlier on in the book. It's often desirable when they're talking about sex stuff, but they say, you know, we treat sex as would any other problem. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. And I want to share something that I've shared on here before from Emmett Fox that I think is apropos to this whole conversation. And it speaks to why I personally don't think there is writing extra writing involved here or why there are scripts or why there are not scripts, I should say. And so I'm going to read it. And it is called the unicorn. And it's on September 8th in the book around the year with Emmett Fox. You can find it online. I know. So this is how I think that if I 
get too carried away with all this, I just start playing God instead of just keeping these very simple principles fixed and just going out and trying to do God's bidding. I remember too that right before I went out to make my amends, I just prayed the seven-step prayer. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every everything that's going to stand in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. So if I get all snagged up here and all, I get all hung up hung here and I get all insecure and afraid and controlling, I don't think that's useful to anyone. when I do that. So I'm going to read the unicorn. And the unicorn in this context that we're talking about would be God. My intuitive, the intuitive thought or inspiration that comes from within, that comes from God. Listening to that as opposed to mapping out exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it in detail. Very, very, very few details in the big book, particularly with step nine. They lay out principles, knowing that if the principles are there, the details will solve themselves every time. So here's the unicorn. As long as we insist upon telling God his business, Nothing very much can come from our prayers. So I'm going to go, I'm going to make this amends, I'm going to to do it. They're going to feel this way about it. They're going to respond this way. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to ask them this, and they're going to say this. It's like, to me, this is deciding all kinds of things in advance, kind of blocking God, blocking myself from God. The ox, the mule, the donkey will obediently pull your plow and your cart and take them where you want them to go, but you have to know where that is and how to get there. The unicorn will not do chores. He will not pull a cart or turn a mill. He will not take orders. The unicorn knows where he's going, and it's always somewhere that you cannot choose because you've never heard of it. In your present consciousness, you could not even dream that such a place could exist. Nevertheless, there are such places, and the unicorn knows them, and is not interested in anything less. Someday, it might happen, probably when you least expect it, that the unicorn will suddenly appear at your side, eyes flashing, nostrils quivering, pawing the ground with impatience. When that happens, do not put a bridle on him. Do not look for a task for him to do. He won't do it, and there will be not no time. Do not pause. Leap on his back. On that ride, problems are not solved. They disappear. And I personally believe that a lot of sponsors that I watch with very good intentions are trying to put a bridle on their sponsee's unicorn, if that makes sense. They're saying, okay, listen to the ox, the mule, the donkey. Go here, do this, do that. 
And the unicorn's like standing there being like, I have a, I had a better plan. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Hope that makes sense. That's my experience. In a nutshell, in summary, my experience with this is keep it simple. It's not about me. It's about them. Are they owed an amends? We show up in a helpful and forgiving spirit. Their faults are not discussed. We're there to demonstrate a sincere right, sincere desire to right a wrong. Our real job is to fit ourselves to be a maximum helpfulness to God and everyone around us. So I was like, on the way to these places, I was like, what would be their like dream situation for them? What would be like, if I were them, what God show me, show me how to improve their life without crawling before them being servile and without dishonoring my highest self. That's just my experience. I'm just one ding ding ringing his bell. If you want to write to me, sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Send me a message on Instagram, sarcastic.aa.book. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. God is bigger than any problem that we are having. Everything is okay. I just know it. I'm going to give a shout out today to Laura. Don't know if Laura's listening. I'm going to give a shout out to Texas. My friends in Texas. Uh. And yeah. I am I'm off to help a up and coming male model. Just kind of you know, teach him some of the ropes. So he's going to come over. We're going to practice signing autographs. Dumb. All right. Not funny today. I'm out of here. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.